0: guys uh, we're gonna have a great uh, episode today we're gonna talk a lot about zeiss we're gonna answer a bunch of listeners questions uh, on the way over here i got a question from a listener and he was basically saying that the uh, december cooster hunt starts for him tomorrow and i know there's a lot of guys that listen that the coos deer seasons are kicking off you know we've had the october seasons the november the early december seasons now we're kind of in that late hunt period where You know, people call it the rut hunt. Uh, You know, I argue that, you know, typically the deer don't rut till later after Christmas and and definitely rut a lot in January. But he asked, uh, you know, basically, do you have any last minute tips for me? And so I send him a couple messages Um, on those situations. I like to kind of just press the button and actually talk to the person so he you know gets to hear my voice gets to hear the inflection and and tried to point out some things on field judging tried to point out some things on tactics but i thought i would just go ahead and and say it here and then let you guys kind of weigh in you guys are both avid coups deer hunters you know i think one of the things uh to answer the question is i think a lot of guys go out early and they go hard and they go hard for the first week maybe 10 days and the That's great. And a lot of great bucks get killed in that time frame. Mm -hmm. But I also see a lot of guys go out early and they go so hard that they burn up all their vacation time. They burn up their time with their wife of, you know, honeydew time. And then when the hunting gets really, really good after Christmas... It seems that there's Christmas obligations, New Year's obligations, all those sorts of things, but they've kind of burned their time early. Mm-hmm. So I try and tell people uh, to go the first couple days, get a feel for it. You know, if, if you don't have the time to hunt the whole period, mm-hmm. to kind of strateg- strategize on when is the most effective time. Granted, I think the first couple of days could be great. You could catch those bucks that have had a little bit of a break from, you know, some of the other seasons. yep. yep. Uh, but then I think it's important that you focus on when those deer are going to be most out in the open, right. most potentially chasing does, and I think we would all agree the beauty of these late December hunts activity. are that late that that activity Absolutely. in that late period of time. Yep. So that was one of the things I pointed out, um, and, and the other thing was as that hunt progresses, there's a transition where all of a sudden just one day you wake up and there's deer just really all over the hillsides they're a lot more visible um bucks are chasing does almost like a flip of a switch the other thing is like sometimes i've seen it where you can bounce around in different pockets you know one of the nice things i like about some of the 22s 23s 21 6a's uh, some of those types of units you can hit you can hit on the highways or the freeways yeah. and be from you know you can be twenty five miles away and maybe hit a pocket that's rutting and then pop down and there's nothing going on so you pop back up to where they're rutting. Yep. Um, in southern Arizona I don't see that quite as much where they get pockety like that. But if you if you guys are listening and you have a unit where um you can access different parts of the unit and just see what's shaking, see what's going on and kind of monitor their behavior. That might put you right on a pocket where the deer are going to be running.
1: My thing when you said that, like just in the very beginning is big views. I want to take in as much country as possible and get the biggest look I can get and, and look for the pockets of does because that's going to dictate like, you know, what's going on over there versus what's going on. It could be ridge to ridge, let alone, you know, you know 25 miles away so i i think it's 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 literally being able to to you know don't put all your unless you've got like a really big buck located right. and you've seen them to, or that, you have a, an area that yeah, you specifically that's a want whole, to hunt the yeah, whole time that's a whole yeah. different deal i get it but if you're just out and you haven't had the time to scout i'm looking for big views and i you know put the glass out and let it walk and let it you know Let's just see what's going on. And,
2: and don't Just take the temperature. And don't get discouraged when you're seeing those does, because especially on this December hunt, you see those does the first week. There may not be any bucks around, but like Jay was saying, flip of a switch, yep. there could be five bucks chasing the same four or five does in a week. Yeah, and so. I think
0: you make a good point there, Cortland. Like, seeing does, you feel like, well, shoot, there's just five does. There's nothing going on. But That's literally, fine. you could come back in seven days. For Or honey. 10 days. Yep. And there's, like you said, five bucks chasing yeah. one doe. Yep. All,
2: it, all it takes is that one hot doe to bring those bucks in. So. Right. Well, and,
0: and focusing, too, on these early days, like where are the doe groups? What's going on on the hillsides? Mm-hmm. What's their behavior? Um, you know, are small bucks nosing around and with does? That might give me an indication that, hey, that little, you know, 75-inch buck is really nosing that doe. Yeah it's very possible that maybe a big buck might be there the next day. So I like to do kind of like what Cody was saying, like kind of just spot check and just seeing what's shaking. Yep. Um, but then as the hunt progresses and as, you know, from Christmas to New Year's, it New Year's, if you can really focus on that time frame, you have a really good chance that you're going to find some mature deer, literally nosing and chasing, chasing uh, well, does. Yeah.
1: I think the other thing too, Jay is, is, I mean, it's such a. It, it, first of all, it's my favorite time of year. It's my favorite time to be out glassing from, you know, basically December on through, you know, into the February. But like when the hunt starts, because you got bow hunters starting tomorrow and a bunch of units, and you got the the rifle, uh, you know, early right or the the late rifle deer tags, um, and and I think it's you got to hunt when you can hunt. And, and I, you know, like we, I was talking to Rob Vandercore yesterday, his son's got the tag and, um, in a unit, uh, central Arizona. And, and so we were talking about it and, you know, you're either like, well, we only have a certain amount of days and, and, you know, and it's all spread out. And I, I would rather have that than take all the days and just put them at the end and then get snowed out or weathered out. So yeah, or yeah. fogged out yeah or fogged out. Or, I mean, so there's a lot of you know, uh, ambiguity to sometimes what you're doing, but yeah, I would always take the later days if, if it's, if it's going to be good weather. And i tell you what else that, um, we, that I, I think we were talking about before we actually started today, the moon, the, the brightest full moon is like over the next three days. Right. And I hate, I mean, look at, at the time of the rut, anything can happen. And I think the deer are going to be more, more active period. But, the moon is going to be – I mean, I, I, I woke up at like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock this morning, and I looked outside. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I, I didn't need a flashlight. I could yeah, see yeah. everything going on. So,
0: um, Well, and to add to that too, I mean, there are some people that don't really buy into the moon. They don't buy into the moon phases. I'm going to tell you yeah, that I'm 100% I, I'm belief <laughs> that if you're hunting coos deer in a full moon, yep. you're going to struggle. Now, one of the things that if, if, if you are hunting – during a full moon, in my opinion, the first hour or two of light is slow, yep. but yeah. sometimes around nine, nine 30, all of a sudden the deer that have late, they've been up between, you know, two in the morning and five in the morning, Yep, six in the morning, then they lay down mm-hmm. when the sun is coming up and they lay there for a couple hours. Make sure you guys during these full moon periods, especially when it's colder outside, make yep. sure you're glassing from nine to two or two or two thirty three o'clock. Yeah, and then also expect the last hour or two to not be prime time. Exactly. I see prime time when there's a full moon. I see it being from nine to three. Exactly.
2: Yeah, and we actually experienced that on my my November hunt this year. We had the full moon. It was hundred percent full the second day of the hunt. I ended up, I shot my buck the first afternoon. But we were watching deer stand up and rotate in their bed and lay back down at 6.30 to 7 o'clock in the morning. Yep. And we saw more bucks between 10 and 2 yep. than we did any other
0: time yeah, of day. That's so, a yeah. text, yeah. that's... It, you know, an, a couple other tips that I gave this gentleman, too, from a field judging perspective, and I'd like to get you guys to weigh in on it, is, you know, f- these late December hunts historically are periods of time when guys are seeing better bucks, in general Mm -hmm. i think a lot of it is the temperature and it's cooler and they just happen to be up more yeah they're more visible yeah and i don't think they're buried in the brush quite as much um but from a field judging perspective i always like to tell guys on coos deer point length is everything so when you take the percentage of score over the, the history of bucks The bucks that have the longest points score more. Mm -hmm. The next category is the main beams. So on the main beams, you want those beams to go out away from their head and to go, you know, get as much length and wrap around as possible. When you're looking at a buck head on, you want those beams to wrap around and then you want them to tip up if possible, tip down but if they can come within an inch or two yep. you've got you know an 18 inch main beam so you've got 36 inches right there mm-hmm. the other thing is you know back to point link like every point needs to look long in order for a buck to score really high so there's those bucks that are wide and then oh but the sh- points are short and they're right. only a 3 point but a short guard short g2 short g3 but it's mm-hmm. wide well, width is the last bit of consideration when it comes to scoring credit as far as percentage of total score. Yeah. Like I would rather have a buck that's 11 inches wide, but his points are, you know, he goes four, he goes nine, and he goes eight Absolutely. on his G2 and G3. Oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, a good rule of thumb is you want seven plus G2s, you want seven plus G3s, yep. you know, to get you in that hundred plus category. And the only other thing I'll add, and then I'll let you guys jump in is, most every single buck over a hundred inches, when you are looking at binos, and I would even argue, no matter how far of a distance, once they get a hundred and above, they look pretty big. Yeah, they, they just, do.
1: They have that yeah. that boxy, brackety yeah. kind of the
0: frame the look. frame just, you look. You can just see well,
2: them when you get that much antler too on a deer's head. That's not realistically is not very big. It definitely makes them stand out, especially if you got two or three bucks together. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah and and you know, body size is everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but You know, and and we're going to be talking about Zeiss optics here and, you know, having good optics and the ability to be like, wow, that's a big frame and he's got long points and Mm -hmm. look at his beams. I mean, that's where you're you're getting into bucks that are, you know, 100 plus category. Try to get
1: as many angles on them as possible.
0: And and. With the, that being said, if you get angles and you're like, hey, he doesn't look that good." Normally, like hundred inch plus bucks, they look pretty good, good no f- matter what yeah, angle.
2: Absolutely, and they always look big walking away too. So, well, I was going to yeah, say that yeah. I, that was my next thing
0: was <laughs> that the the, the the toughest angle
1: to judge, or I think people get overexcited when they walk away from you. Yeah, you know, they're like, "Oh, look how wide!" And I and, think that and, goes with every and, animal. well, and they uh, do, and, and right, they yeah. and they and and it's kind of funny, you know, because a lot of times if they're especially if they're they're jumped or running away from me or doing, you know, they'll pin their ears back and everything looks wide when they, when they do that.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I keep saying one more thing, other, I get all fired up about this, but uh, the other thing that I told the gentleman, especially on these December hunts is glass with binos on a tripod, sit and use the sun in the morning as your advantage. So a lot of times you're looking at East facing slopes, the sun's at your back um, you're you're looking with the sun yep. blowing the hill up, mm-hmm. gl- glowing the hill, if you will. The deer are gonna pop, but then as the day transitions, um, and obviously a lot of it depends on temperature, but as the day transitions, those deer will start seeking the shade pockets, and and so. An afternoon glassing session, you're going to see more deer if you can glass into the shaded pockets because mm-hmm. that's where the does, and that's certainly where the bucks are going to be trying to get out of that that the heat of the sun.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, it's funny that you say it because I was just looking, Jay. I, I looked at the weather where I'm going to be, and there's a, a 12 degree difference in the in the in the sunrise temperature, and <clears throat> so I think. A lot of times too, if you should be in position, you should be glassing, you know, in that, that, that twilight up to right up to the sunrise, but really use that sun because those deer will stand up and try to get, they will take every bit of warmth they can absolutely. get yep. and they will absolutely stand there. And I've actually watched them stand up, get in the sun, get that, you know, kind of shake off and do their thing. And stay heated, and they'll lay right back down in the same spot and just sun there until they feel like it's, you know, it's time to go or move or stay there. Or, but um, I mean, it's you know where I'm going to be. It's going to be 28 degrees on on Monday, and it's it's 40 degrees on on Friday. So there, I mean, there's that's it's it's a big difference in temps.
0: Yeah, and I mean. I think coos deer are a lot like bighorn sheep as well. They're, they have very th- thin hides, yep. uh, thin skin, and I think they conserve energy better by actually laying. And I notice this in Mexico a lot when I'm down there in the month of January on those really, really cold mornings where we may get in the low 20s, even sometimes the teens. Like for the first couple hours, they the deer are they just going to be bedded. Yeah. They can conserve more energy and stay warmer by actually yep. laying. Whereas I hear a lot of the Midwest whitetail hunters and and back east where they say, oh, cold morning, those deer are on their feet. Well, our deer being thin skinned, I see them laying in the sun. Mm -hmm. They'll get up, they'll go over and they'll just lay. So the sun is hitting them and they may lay there for two hours.
2: Yeah. Or or all day, depending on on how cool it is that day. And if you have a little bit of wind, we found a more, you know, late in the season, you tend to get a little bit more weather that moves in, especially end of December, Mm -hmm. right around Christmas. And we've seen a lot of those bucks literally laid out in the sun all day, if there's a decent wind going, because they're cons- I think they're conserving their their energy, but they're also gaining as much heat as they can. So it's uh it's definitely the, they've they've definitely got a different attitude about things.
1: I think one of the things to hit on the <clears throat> on the late deer season. Um, you know, there's people that say that killing a big buck and patterning a big buck on the, and I think patterning is probably the key word, but. Uh, finding a big buck like in the early seasons or like the youth hunt or, or whatnot in October, um, you know when the rut starts to come on and the later you get, if the big buck that you found or you had on camera or whatever he's not around, it, it you've got to broaden your 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 view. Whether you got to move to another side of a ridge or bigger. You know can't or. I just would flat out tell people if he's not where you normally see him, it's just the time of year. They're more active. They're they're moving more. Um, you know, I think if you go back to the old reports of of uh, the game and fish and the studies they did, I think you know their 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 uh, their area like quadruples. Yeah, uh, I mean so during so this time period,
0: like mid December through yeah. the end of January, bucks can go just completely AWOL the converse of that though is I think sometimes people have photos of a buck or they've seen a buck scouting and then they just go up I didn't see him he's not there yeah I would argue until you've exhausted every single Mm -hmm. angle and you've made sure that that buck's not there that then you broaden your search and continue looking exactly you know I think that Richard Aachenfeld study uh, that yeah, you're talking uh, about. Yeah, I was going to say it's the Aachenfeld study. He shows like the 15th through the end of January, sometimes those bucks can go like five miles. Yep. And five miles in Cooster Country, as you know, is incredible. But the yeah. the flip side of that, though, is too, you might be glass in a basin and haven't seen anything, and all of a sudden a buck comes walking into your life that you're like, oh, I love you.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's and – and I think that that's – it's been proven time and time again. How many guys do you know that have sat in the same spot – And they, you know, they're, 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 they're not seeing the deer. And all of a sudden, you know, four days later, the deer just appears out of, you know, that I'm, if it's in the late season, I'm telling you, I'm, that deer was working his, you know, scrape lines or whatever he's doing, but he's looking for does and he just happened to cycle back through.
2: Yeah. And so, you you know, we call it run and gun in the late season, cover as much ground as you can and hit those pockets like Jay was talking about, because you just never know where those deer are going to pop up again if
0: you if you do lose a buck that you've been watching for sure guys um thanks for answering those questions i hope some guys get some value well, good luck out of to that. all
1: of them because it's, uh, it's a great time of year just my favorite I'll time of it. year for sure absolutely love
0: let's it. dive into some of these questions.